0: It's good to be back at Bethlehem, and I certainly appreciate the invitation to be here with you. And good to see all of you here today. And uh, uh, greatly enjoyed the things that have gone uh, gone before us this morning. And uh, you know the fellow fellow says, "God is good all the time, and all the time, God is good." Uh, And as I heard the uh, the brethren speaking this morning. And some of the things that have been on my mind, uh, God is good. I think what I'll do is, as a way to start what I have on my mind, uh, I'll go back to the 12th chapter of the book of Hebrews, and I'll go to verse 1, and I'm going to look at a different word. Because one of the things that he says there in uh, Hebrews 12 and 1, he says, Wherefore, seeing we are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. I thought about. I, I've always loved that verse because I think about, you know, you, you got to get stripped down if you're going to run and and really be able to run free. And he says, "Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that's set before us." It's really, it's really been on my mind lately because suddenly it, it you know. It's like one of those things you said. Easily, suddenly was there this morning, right? And and back several months ago, I be, I was looking at some things, and I realized how much how much God word and, and, and this whole this whole section of Hebrews eleven. I'm gonna to try to show you here in a minute. Hebrews eleven. We always talk about faith, and that's definitely a, a theme of Hebrews eleven. But lying right under Hebrews 11 with the faith is the patience of the saints. Yeah. And, and we'll, we'll look at a little bit of that if the Lord would bless this morning. And then and it's interesting because we're going to go back to the chapter 10 and look at a verse that's in the end of chapter 10. Then look at a little bit of 11 if the Lord would bless just a little bit. And then, <clears throat> then you get over to 12 and he's telling you. To run your race with patience. And you, and you begin to see how, you know, Paul was not an aimless, you know, guy in his writing, okay? He's making a point. And as, and as he's going through this section of the book, uh, you know, he's, he's, laid, he's talked to these brethren about look at all the things you know from your, uh, from your worship, your Old Testament worship, your law service. And look at how all these things were not fulfilling the ultimate goal. The ultimate goal is completed in Jesus Christ. The priesthood was good, but there's a high priest after the order of Melchizedek that's even better. Uh, Who had no father, had no mother, had no beginning, no end of days, no beginning of life, no end of days. All of those things laid out there in that portion of Scripture. And then he gets over to about 9 and begins to talk about how it's not the blood of bulls and goats or the ashes of a heifer. All those things. Nothing but the precious blood of Jesus Christ was good enough to save you and I from our sins. And and as he gets into chapter 10, 10, and I I don't know that, you know... Too many times we read things and we don't read things, right? And and you re- and suddenly it's boom, it's there, and you and you realize some things. So he comes in here and he says to them, and I and I'm realizing as I'm reading this, not only is this a plea to his Hebrew brethren, uh, but it's also to those who have already come to belief. Yes. And as he's writing to them, reechoing some of the things that they should know, and he gets here and he says. Uh, uh, verse 31, Hebrews 10, he says, It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of a living God. But call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated, he said, ye endured a great fight of afflictions. They, after they had become illuminated to the fact that Jesus Christ was the Messiah that they had been looking for, suddenly uh, you know, their Jewish family members had cut them off. They're not welcome down on, on Market Street anymore. Uh, things are not good. Business is not good anymore. They're not welcome in the synagogue anymore because they've gone away from things. And some of you may be sitting here, and, I, and what, I, what I hope to emphasize a little bit in all this is, you know, if you're, if you're suffering afflictions for the cause of Christ, count it, count it all joy. Amen. James, 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 and we'll turn over there in just a minute, James chapter one. He says, My brethren, can it all joys when you fall into divers temptations? Uh, your afflictions, troubles, trials that you face in life because of your dedication to Christ, not because you've been out trying to fill yourself full of sin. Can it all joy when you fall into those types of trials when the friends say, I don't want to have anything to do with you anymore? Uh, or you're not going the way I want you. Come and do this. And you say no. And they're like, so, okay, we don't have anything to do with you anymore. Count it all joy. <clears throat> he says, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations. Knowing this, there's something we need to know while you're going through your trials and tribulations. Knowing this, that the trying of your faith worketh patience. You need patience in this old life. You need patience if you're raising up children. You need patience if you're serving God in church. You need patience on the job, in the marriage, wherever it might be. You need patience. You need to endure. And so he says, knowing this, the trying of your faith. Today in this world we're living in, your faith is being tried. The things that are being taught, the things that are being said, it tries your faith. The things that are taught in school many times. Try your faith. Because they seem to be contradictory to the things of the Word of God. That's a whole different subject uh, that, that we could go into this morning. But he says, knowing this, the trying of your faith work is patience. But let patience have her perfect work. The complete work. There's something that you need out there. And How many of you, if I ask you this well, I'm really good at patience. <laughs> now, now I get, I get frustrated in the, in the drive-thru line when, it, when they have to wait too long, right? <laughs> this is supposed to be fast food, you know? <laughs> yeah, so, so, okay, so we're on the same. So patience is not something that's just automatically there with, but God says it's important. Amen. The trying of your faith worketh patience, but let patience have her perfect work, that ye may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. And that word perfect just means complete. He wants us to be complete, and you need patience to be complete. So he goes over here and he says, uh, Call to remembrance the former days in which after ye were illuminated. If you want to read some more on that, go to uh, Romans 5 and, and think about Abraham and what he had endured and so forth and uh, uh, temptations and trials tribulations worketh patience so he says uh, but called to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated you endured a great fight of afflictions whilst partially you were made a gazing stock not the word we use normally today uh, but gazing stock simply means people were making fun of them it's like being paraded across the stage and everybody's throwing the Rotten tomatoes, you know, at your whatever. So they were made a gazing stock both by reproaches and afflictions and partly, <clears throat> partly, whilst you, while you became companions of them that were so used. So you were companions of these folks and they were making fun of you because you had been enlightened to the things of God's word and now they're making fun of you. He says, But ye had compassion on me and my bonds. And took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and more enduring substance. They, they had compassion on Paul. They saw Paul's struggles and trials to go uh, both come back to Jerusalem and try to take care of them and their needs and the travels he was doing. And they, they knew, you know, one of the things they got was this world is not their home. And they said, so they, they bestowed upon him, him their goods uh, because they knew they had a more enduring substance out there. He says, cast not away therefore your confidence. You know, when things get rough, sometimes your confidence gets to waning. Your confidence in God gets to waning. Your confidence in your faith goes to waning. And he says, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward, for ye have need of Patience. You have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. There are promises out there that God has made, and he says, uh, uh, for yet a little while, and he that shall come will come, and will not tarry. <clears throat> you know where we are today? We're right here where the Hebrew brethren are. We're still living in patience because he that, there's been a promise made. He that shall come will come, and he will not tarry. He's not going to be late. He's coming right on time. Amen. Just at the time God at the point says, only the Father knows the time that it will be. He's going to come and he's not going to tarry. He's not going to be late. My and your job is patience. Amen. And then not to then not to fall off into unbelief Amen. and lack of faith. So he then carries right on over in to chapter 11. Uh, So, he he sets them up, tells them to endure these things patiently, Uh, but he says, I would not be, uh, I'll, I'll read the rest of that, he says, but now the just shall live by faith, and if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. I'm not going to be happy when I see God's people drawing back into the world, drawing back into their former beliefs, back into their former ways. Uh, Why? Because the just, those who have been justified by the blood of Jesus Christ and declared innocent by him, uh, the just are to live by faith. Why? Because God is a God of promises. And his word is yea and amen. amen. Now let's go over into the 11th chapter. And we and we begin. He says, so he starts his eleventh chapter, and he says, "Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. For by it, faith, the elders obtained a good report." You know how you know how we're going to please God, living by faith, Amen. living by faith every day that His word is true. Now that, that again, I'm almost off off over into that uh, that other you know. But Pil- Pilate had the question. Right right. as the Lord was standing before him, uh, he'd been examined by the Jewish elders. Now he comes before the Gentile men, uh, leaders, Jews and Gentiles, both inspecting the Lamb of God to see if they could find a flaw in him. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, uh, they picked it and knitted. All they could do was lie about it. Okay? Right. <laughs> and so, so finally, then uh, Jesus comes, he wants to know, Jesus, are you the king of the Jews? He says, Thou sayest. Uh, he says, did you hear that from somebody else? Or did did, uh, did you just get that on your own? Or did you learn it from somebody else? And Pilate says, am I a Jew? (laughs) Well, do you have to be a Jew to know that Jesus is the king of the Jews? Amen, no. Okay, so, but uh, then Pilate comes down there and and asks this question. He says, what is truth? Today, that's the driving question still. By the world, people are still trying to figure out what's the truth. I'm going to tell you, my friend, it's right here in front of us. It's that dusty book on your, on your coffee table or, or on your bedside or, or that you carry around to church but don't ever open up and read. Uh, it's, it's that book. His word is truth. He tells us that in his prayer to his, on the, the night before he went to the cross. He says, Lord, keep them by thy word. Thy word is truth. So keep them in the truth. Anyway, we we'll go over there and read that. John 17 John 17-7, go read it. Uh, so he, t- he tells us over here, Now faith is the substance of things I hope for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. It didn't just appear back there billions and billions of years ago. Uh, some kind of something just magically happened. God purposed it and spoke it into existence. Amen. And how do we know that? Uh, we know it by faith. You know how they know or what they think they know? They know it by faith too. Right. Faith more in the things of man than the things of God. Amen. Because they can't prove it. Right. And so he tells us here, through faith we understand the world's refrained by the word of God. So that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. In other words, he took nothing and made something out of it. By just the commandment of his voice, the word going forth. Jesus Christ, the word, went forth. And all that was created. Amazing. By faith, Abel offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. Now, there's a whole other story. Uh, why was, why was uh, Abel's offering more excellent than Cain's? Uh, because by faith, Cain, Abel offered a more excellent sacrifice than Cain. And God didn't, uh, God didn't accept Cain nor his offering. That's what it tells us in Genesis chapter 4. Uh, but Abel and his offering were accepted unto God. Right. And the reason Abel's was accepted because he was a man of faith. And the reason he had faith because he's a child of God. Right. Right. Born of right. the Spirit of God and had faith. Right. And so he says, by faith, Enoch was translated uh, that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before he was trans- his translation, he had this testimony, he pleased God. Then he goes on and tells us how you please God. <laughs> Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. Enoch had faith, and he used it and believed the things that were there. By faith, Noah, <clears throat> By faith, Noah being warned of God of things not seen as yet, moved with fear. Now, here's where I want you to stop. Here's the beginning of where I want you to stop and think. Noah was 500 years old when God told him and his, you know, and his family uh, to build an ark. Noah was 600 years old when, he, when the doors were shut and he was sealed inside with all the animals that God had let in there for him to... <clears throat> 100 years. Not only did he have faith, he had patience. That's right. <laughs> he, he built and worked on something that God told him is going to flood and destroy the earth. They had never seen rain. They had never seen a flood. Uh, They'd probably never seen a boat. (laughs) Uh, You know, not in the part of the world where he was living. So he goes and builds a boat, a ship, if you will, uh, on on faith, and he works at it a hundred years. By faith... Abraham, when he was called to go to the place which he should have to receive for an inheritance, obeyed, and he went out not knowing whither he went. And by faith he sojourned in the land of promise. <clears throat> God told Abraham, it goes on and tells us this in here, uh, that he promised Abraham and Sarah that they would have a son. Abraham began to worry. He's in this land. He left all of his relatives behind, went to a land that God showed him. He was there, he sojourned, and suddenly he's realizing God's going to give me this land, uh, and but I have no heir. Right. And uh, he began, well, my, my servant, you know, maybe goes to my servant, but he goes to God and he says, You know, how am I going to inherit this land and I have no son? He says, You're going to have a son. And in fact, he, he let him out. I'd love to be the, this time of the year, too much light pollution. Out here, out here around this place, you could probably do this much better. Uh, out here in the Go out and look at the stars of the sky, and he says, so shall thy seed be Uh. (laughs) and he waited and he waited and he waited and 25 years went by and now he's 100 years old and and Sarah's 90 and and he's like we can't have children and God showed him he had power over life he was the life giver he took dead people, in a sense, yeah, yeah. dead to having children, and he made, them, made their bodies alive. He made Sarah's womb alive. Right. And, and Abraham, again, was enlivened so that they could have a child. Twenty-five years. Patience, my friends. Mm. <clears throat> he told Abraham, he said, Abraham, in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. <clears throat> Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, David, they all died having not received the promise. But the promise came in God's time. And by patience, we also shall receive a promise that He's going to come again. Our job is to keep running the race, laying aside everything that's hindering our running and run it with patience, uh, giving God all the praise. Amen. That's, that's the assignment, folks. Uh, could we do Mission Impossible? No. I mean, this is your assignment, whether you pr- accept it or not. Whether you accept it or not, it's your assignment. Get busy. Get busy following after the things of God. And, and along the way, you know, he tells us, you know... <laughs> Let's go, let's go to Romans 5 just long enough to grab a couple of things. And, uh, because he tells us over there, he's been talking about Abraham and how Abraham didn't stagger at the promises of God. And he's, then he says, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God. There's some peace. About the brother talking about peace, therefore, being justified by through faith, uh, by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith. Yes. We've got access to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords by faith. Right. Uh, and He says, We have access by faith into, into this grace wherein we stand uh, and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God by faith we have access into this faith that we stand in by the grace of God uh, rejoicing in hope of the glory of God and not only so we glory in tribulations why there's trials in my life there's problems in my life how can I glory in this Uh, not only so we glory in tribulations knowing something when you know something you you can handle it better Knowing this, uh, and not only so, we glory in tribulations. Also, knowing that tribulations worketh patience. You think it, you think uh, you think Abraham didn't have some uh, uh, some struggles there when uh, he twenty five years and all this time is going by. Now the child comes, and and God calls on him to take his son, his only begotten son, take him to Mount Moriah. And offer him there as a sacrifice to me. By faith, Abraham woke up early in the morning, loaded up the wood, loaded up the fire, set off to Mount Moriah. Left the servants behind. Uh, uh, There was two servants, by the way. So you got two people on each side of of Isaac as he's going up there. So you got a couple of witnesses there, kind of like the... Through thieves on the cross. And uh, Isaac goes marching up the hill carrying his own wood. Yeah. Carrying his own wood and his dad gets up there and it says the Bible tells us here that in this instance in the scene of the deliverance of God providing a substitutionary sacrifice for Isaac there when he drew back the knife and was ready to take his life it says he saw Jesus in a type and a figure afar off. He saw the one that was going to come and deliver you and I. Amen. And I'll tell you, without patience and without faith and without endurance, without going through some tribulations, right. all of this would never have happened. That's right. He says, by faith, he says, not only so, we glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulations work as patience. Patience, experience. There's nothing like having an experience with God. Amen. Right. When you can look back in your life and say, I know that day. I know that day. There might not be another day in your lifetime, but I know in that day, I experienced God. Yeah. God showed up and showed out, okay? He was there, and he put on a show, and I saw it. I felt it in my heart. I saw it in my life by faith. I saw the invisible. Amen. Patience, experience. Experience hope, and hope maketh not a shame, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts. Yes, well, I'm telling you, patience is something we all need more of. You say, well, brother, that means tribulations. Knowing this, tribulations work is patience, and my your job is to be patiently waiting till we see Him in the clouds, because we're going home. May God bless you, is our prayer.